Well, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to come to church, be in your presence, and to fellowship with our family, with this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Boy, this week has been a whirlwind. I thought last week was bad, and then, because last week Chris goes, hey, I know you're busy this week with soccer camps and doing this and doing that. Do you want me to preach? And I said, yeah, I want you to preach. I don't know when I'm going to find time to really prepare. And then I realized that this week was busier than the last week. So I'm just letting you know now, this is a B sermon. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I wouldn't wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you. So a pastor, a doctor, and an engineer were waiting one morning on a particularly slow group of golfers in front of them. The engineer was getting upset. What is with these guys? They must be waiting at least 15 minutes between every shot. The doctor chimed in. I don't know, but I've never seen such a thing. The pastor said, here comes the greenskeeper. Let's talk to him and see what's going on. Hey, greenskeeper. Oh, yes. He said, this is a group of blind firefighters. They lost their sight last year in the clubhouse fire. And so we've always let them play for free anytime they want. The group was in silence for a moment. The pastor said, that's sad. I think I'll say a special prayer for them tonight. The doctor said, good idea. I'm going to contact someone and see if we can help them in any way with their eyesight. The engineer said, why can't these guys just play at night? I told you it'd be a B sermon. What, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Uh, the title of my sermon this morning is, You Can Make a Difference. Last week, Chris taught on Simply Jesus. And then as, as he was preaching that, and this week as I've been thinking about, God, what do you want for the body? And then I always... Who likes Bible stories? I mean, I grew up on all of them. But I love, like when I'm struggling, I try not to just go to Facebook and try to get lost in something. But lots of times God brings me one of the heroes of the faith. You know, like Daniel in the lion's den. You know, Moses in the burning bush. You know, he's out there running away. There's so many stories of God's faithfulness. And... Most of the time when I'm busy, I'm like, am I even making a difference? You know, when you're, you're in that place, you're, you're going, it's like, okay, I just got home nine o'clock at night, take a shower, eat something, go to bed, get up the next morning and hit repeat, right? Have we done that? I know I have. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to Hebrews 11. We're going to read in um, 39 and 40. And this is right after um, where they're talking about the heroes of the faith. It said, these were the true heroes, commanded, commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faith's fullness. This is so what 
So this is so that we can be bought, brought to finish. Oh my goodness. I told you it's going to be a B sermon. This is so that they could be brought to finish. Oh my goodness. Perfection alongside of us. How about that? You guys can read it. If how, if I was wearing a towel, how would have told me to take my tie off? One week I was struggling with scripture. She said, take your tie off. Make it casual. So the first person I want to talk about this morning is Noah. We, you know, before God came to Noah and asked him to build the ark, all humans were evil. I mean, it was just, the world was in an uproar. And God was very disappointed in what he created. And I think I have the scripture here. Let's see if I can read this one good, okay? And it says here in Genesis 6, 5 through 8, The Lord observed the extent of man humans wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they thought and imagined was consistently and totally evil so the lord was worried so the lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on the earth it broke his heart and the lord said i will wipe this human race i have created from the face of the earth yes i will destroy every living thing all the people the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds in the skies, in the sky. I am sorry I ever made them, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah found favor with the Lord. I have been in situations, I have been in jobs where it seems like chaos is going on, and yet because of who the godly character that I've worked hard for, and I've asked God, God, please take that away from me. I have found favor in situations where other people haven't. Can anybody else think of a situation where you found favor, not only in your boss's eyes, but in God's eyes? Yeah, I can think of those things. God, Noah found favor, and because of that, Noah made a difference. One person can make a difference. I mean, God cleared out everything but Noah's family. I mean, we know the story of the animals coming on two by two and and him building the ark. Can you imagine all of the ridicule, all of the, what are you doing? Why are you building a big boat? There's no water. It's never rained. And he goes, no, but I've heard from God. He believed that he could make a difference. Lots of times in the church, we don't step out, we don't do things because we really don't know or even feel that we can make a difference. Noah, one man, made a difference. He found favor in God's eyes. He stepped into his calling, his destiny, and made a difference. Don't be afraid to stand out in a crowd. I mean, there's times where we have to stand out. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he's like, I was talking to, and this, and this young man, he's got a lot going on, and he's really open with it. More open than most people. And so he was just telling a, 
another guy in town and he, and he goes, man. And the guy goes, can I pray with you? And he thought that he was just going to be like, I'll pray for you tonight. No, he said, well, let's stop right now. Put his hand on his shoulder and just started praying. That, that man was willing to stand out and just stop and pray for this man. Are we willing to do that at Walmart if God leads us to? Are we willing to do it in here on a Sunday morning? It's easier here because we should be, have our spiritual goggles on, right? We should have, be thinking about other people, not just only ourselves. Are we willing to stand out? Are we willing to not be afraid of what other people think? I'm thankful that Noah wasn't afraid and bowed to all the opinions, all the thoughts of everyone else. And what's great is this is probably one of the first stories all of our kids learn. Is that Noah made a difference. Noah stood out among all the other people. God is wanting to pour out his favor on each and every one of us. But we have to be willing, just like Noah, to stand out of the crowd. It's amazing how many times over the years I've walked into a restaurant and it's like, there's hardly anybody here. And within 20, 30 minutes, it's full. Now, it could be a coincidence. I don't think it is. I really feel that it's the favor of God. Wherever we go, we can walk in that favor. We can change the atmosphere around us. Noah changed things around him. I mean, his family started getting in there. Man, I, I couldn't imagine going through what Noah had to go through. But I know that when he walked in God's favor, things around him changed. And I know that as we walk in God's favor, the things around us are going to change. That when you get a new job, all of a sudden God's favor is there. The second person I want to talk about is Rebecca. So the story of Rebecca is, so Abraham goes to send out his servant. Abraham's getting old. Isaac isn't married. So he sends out his servant to go find Isaac a wife. I heard this week, one of the podcasts I was listening to, he's like, I think we should go back to more biblical principles where the parents find the mates for their kids, right? <laughs> you know, we can handpick them a little bit more. All the younger, all the, all the kids in here are like, no, no, no. But in this time, he sends out his servant, his trusted servant, to go find a wife for Isaac. He's like, take the ten candles, take all these riches, and go find my son a wife. And so the servant prays, and I'm sure he's feeling some pressure right about now, going, oh man, what happens if I find the wrong one? So he prays and he says, when I get to the city, I, Lord, please have a woman there with water. And when I ask her for water, she gives me water. And then he goes, wait, that's pretty easy. So maybe God, maybe not only does she give me water, but without even asking, she's willing to water my 10 camels. That's pretty specific. So then he gets, then he gets there 
And he sees a, a beautiful woman walking up with water. And he goes, can I have a drink? And she goes, absolutely. She lets him have a drink of water. And at that moment, she goes, oh, can I water your camels also? What's crazy about this story right there is that that's not, that's not a small gift. In that time, camels on a journey, they, they, they think that it's probably a day journey. A camel at that, one camel would drink at least 20 gallons of water. We're talking 200 gallons of water now for these camels. That she generously said, I will water them also without being asked. I don't know what size jar she had. She wasn't carrying 20 gallons at a time. I mean, a five-gallon bucket is quite a ways. And then how far is the well? How many people are at the well? This isn't a 30-minute process. It's probably a two to four hour process of her going and getting water and coming back and filling the trough. Going and getting water and filling the trough. Going and getting water and filling the trough. What we learn from Rebecca is that we have to be generous with what we have in the kingdom of God. When we go to help someone, we don't just go to help. We go to be generous, extravagant to them. It's so important. Rebecca's generosity changed her life and all of her family's. Because obviously that was an answer to prayer. The servant goes, well, we've obviously found the right one. And from that moment on, as soon as that happened, she was now in the lineage of Jesus. Because of her generosity, she stepped into a destiny that would have never happened otherwise. God is asking us to make a difference around us. Not only do we have to understand that my one person can make a difference in a situation, but in that situation, we have to learn to be generous. There's times that God puts us in a situation where it's easy to go, oh man, this takes a lot of time. Or man, do I have to do all of the steps? Do I have to do all of this? But our heart should be, you know what? I'm going to be generous in this. I love that our church, when there are situations that come up that not only need financial, but time, our church is very, very generous. People just step up and go, I'm willing to help. I mean, financially for Ron and Cindy, when the church stepped up, the church really stepped up. Thank you guys. And I know there's going to be more situations, more people that are coming here to Life Church, or they're coming to your job, and you have to learn to be generous. Maybe in time, maybe in prayer, maybe in finances. Whatever you have to give, be willing to be generous. You might go, you know what? I don't know. I don't have that much money, but I can really cook. I like food. We all like food. And when you're going through a hard time, somebody that says, hey, 
here's a meal for you. I was thinking of you, praying for you, just wanted to bless you. That is us as a church walking in generosity. And that's what we learned from Rebecca. I want us to also think about this. I'm thankful that Jesus said, well, I'm not willing to die on the cross. I don't do that. Or Moses saying, you know what? I don't do rivers. Or Mary saying, oh, well, I don't do virgin birth. Right? Or Daniel saying, well, I don't do lion's dens. That's... But there's times where we've told God, I don't do that. You have now just put God in a box. And saying, well, if it doesn't look like this, doesn't smell like this, doesn't act like this, then I'm not doing it. And yet when you walk in generosity, you take that off and you say, God, whatever you want to do, I'm willing to do. Wherever you want me to go, I'm willing to go. And that's a, that's a, we, in my mind, when we used to say that in, in, at youth camps and different things, God, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to send me, I will go. In my mind, I thought, oh, that's the mission field. That's Africa. That's hopefully Hawaii. Hopefully, um, <laughs> Hawaii needs missionaries too. Okay. <laughs> you know, you think of the third world countries where God sends you. Any, maybe it's to the neighbor that you really don't want to talk to anymore because ugh. Carolyn has that neighbor straight to the north. Some of you know that Chris and Carolyn, Chris and Chrissy and Carolyn, they're neighbors, so. But we have to be willing to be sent. We have to be willing to be generous. And sometimes it's just at your job. Sometimes it's just saying hi to the person behind the counter at the store. It's just smiling and saying, how are you doing today? I, I love going to the grocery store here in Bayfield now because I've started to get to know some of the ladies and you can tell when they're having a bad day and I'm like, how are you doing today? And I'll say something stupid, you know, to get, get them to laugh or something just to try to and tell them when I leave, thank you so much for being here. Most of the time people are trying to get in and out of the grocery store. They're, they're, they're just like, they're oblivious of the person behind the counter. They don't even care they're there. Unless it's going too slow. But when we take the opportunity to say, thank you so much for being here, it changes things. And plus, Julie works there, so it's nice to go see Julie at the grocery store. Mostly in the mornings, right? Yeah. Okay. So I want us to think there's two different types of people in this earth. Ones that lift and carry and go, and the other ones that lean and just don't really care. The church is asking us to be those that are willing to lift, those that are getting up, those that are making a difference everywhere they go. Instead of those, they're like, well, they kind of deserve what they get. 
(sighs) Does that make sense? One person can make a difference. And as we step into that, be generous with what you have. The last one, David. And most all of us know the story of David. The first time we hear about David is when Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he says, God's told me that the next king is going to come out of your house. So bring all your boys. So Samuel gets there. Jesse has almost all the boys there. And Samuel looks at it and goes, no, it's not this one. No, not that one. Not that one. Wait, God, didn't you tell me that I was going to find the next king out of this family? And he looks at Jesse and he goes, do you have more sons? And Jesse goes, yeah, the youngest, but he's out in the field. Why was David still out in the field? Obviously, his dad never thought of him as king material. His dad already limited him. I'd never thought about it until I heard this podcast this week. And I go, man, that is so right. Why wasn't David there? I imagine that David knew about it. Going, well, why wasn't I invited? Mom and dad must think I'm too small, too skinny, too young, too this, too that. We don't know exactly the whole story of that, the backstory of that. But even in that situation, he was limited. Because I'm sure Jesse was thinking, I bet this is the boy that's going to get it. He shines in everything. And yet here the youngest comes in and gets it. And then we get to the story of David and Goliath. And he's there visiting his brothers. And Goliath comes out and starts yelling and screaming. And every one of the Israelite warriors are afraid. And David goes, who is this that defiles the Lord? Who is this? And so David goes, well, I'll go fight him. They're figuring he's somewhere between 15 and 19 years old. I'll go fight him. Here we go back to the other part. One person can make a difference. And so he goes into Saul's tent. And I'm sure that when David walked in, Saul goes, no, seriously, guys, bring me the one that said he wanted to go fight him. (laughs) No, bring in somebody big. I mean, Saul was six foot six. Probably they, they say he's, he was a big guy, built, very athletic. He was the ideal king warrior. And yet Saul wouldn't even go out and fight him. And here comes in David, this scrawny looking little kid with a slingshot. And I'm sure Saul's going, no, this isn't going to happen. So Saul put limitations on him again, said, well, why don't you wear my armor? Well, there's no way armor from a 6'6 guy is going to fit somebody at 5'7. And David goes, no, I don't need any of that. I'm just going to go out. 
and fight him. I've taken down a bear. I've taken down a lion. I've protected my flock, my sheep. Guess what? I can take this guy down in the name of the Lord, right? David took all those limitations off right there and said, I'm not wearing the armor. I'm going as God sends me. So many times we as the church go, when I get this, when I finish Bible school, when I finish this class, or when I, when I, when I, then I can go make a difference. You can make a difference right now. You have to be willing to take those limitations off and say, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to make a difference to those around me. David didn't allow those limitations to hold him back. David was one of the greatest warriors of all time. The insight, the wisdom on the different battles, if you just read through the stories, the wisdom that he allowed God to give him and how to win these battles, how to sneak into Saul's camp They knew he was coming and yet somehow he still snuck in. That's pretty amazing. He took all those limitations off. And that's what God is asking of us. We have to take these limitations. We have to take the things that are holding us back. We have to push them aside and say, God, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. A difference. It's not up here, but the story of Daniel. So here, let me back up. Noah, one person can make a difference. Rebecca, we have to be willing to be generous. King David, we have to be willing to take these limitations off and allow God to be God. I think I've said it before. God can use a donkey. He can use me. Right? God used a donkey to speak. I think he can use me. He can use any one of us when we allow these limitations to go. Daniel, he stood out because of his faithfulness to what God had spoken to him. When they were brought into captivity, the king says, I want you to take the, the brightest, the best, the most built of the slaves And bring them in to my court so they can be part of my my kingdom. And he's like, I want you to feed them the best of the meat, the best of the wine, the best of this. And David said, no. We don't want to do that. God is telling us to do this and to eat this. And he saw and he had favor with the head servant in that situation. He said, test it for 10 days. Because David or Daniel was saying faithful to what God had spoken to him. There's things in our lives that God has asked us to do that we have not stayed faithful to. Daniel said, I'm going to stay faithful. Let's test it for 10 days. And after 10 days, the four of the Israelites were in much better shape, much better mentally than all the others. Why? He was faithful to what God had asked him to do. He was faithful. 
God is asking us as a church to be faithful to what he's asked. If he's asked you to do this and you're not doing it, go start doing it again. Daniel is one of my favorite men in all the Bible. I probably read that book more than any other book. I, I get so much out of it. I love, I just love the book. I don't know why. I keep going back to it. But it's not just his faithfulness. But everything that Daniel did had excellence a part of it. And we as a church, believe me, people are watching. Your neighbors are watching. When, if they know you're a Christian and you're out in your yard and you're not beating a trampoline with a shovel. <laughs> some of you know that story. You should be trying to do everything in excellence. When you're at work, you're trying to do everything with excellence. You're being faithful. And in that faithfulness, excellence should be a part of it. God is asking us as Life Church to make a difference in our community, in our neighborhoods, where we work, where we go on vacation. It's amazing that when we go to travel, that we find other Christians almost everywhere we go. Amber and I and Chris and Chrissy were in the airport. Let's see which airport. I think it was probably Chicago. That's what we're in. We were headed to Paris. We're, we're, we're sitting down waiting for our flight. And there's a couple across from us. And we're just talking. And then I'm pretty talkative. So we started talking to the other guy, right? You know, how are you doing? Started talking. And then it didn't take long to know that we were all Christians. Then we started talking about their church. And then he started telling us about the ministry, the homeless ministry that they were a part of. And then next thing you know, we're all up taking pictures. Hey, can you guys take pictures of all six of us? It was a, it was favor. It was so encouraging. It's because even there, willing to make a difference, willing to talk to someone, willing to hopefully brighten their day. I like doing that. My wife does not. She enjoyed that. She enjoyed that because of what, what it happened. But we're, God has called us to make a difference. How I'm going to do it is going to be different than Tim. Different than Eric. Different than Zach. It's going to be different. But we all have the opportunity to make a difference. It has to start with you going, I'm willing to stand out. And I know that I can make a difference. It takes us being generous once we're there with time, energy. It's being willing to say, you know what? People are trying to put limitations. I'm putting limitations on myself. No, God, have your way. And it's being faithful. Now that we're there, we have to be faithful and treat it with excellence. And walk in excellence. Is this making sense this morning? Let's all stand. Hallelujah. So Father, I just thank you. That each and every one of us in this room. Can make a difference. For your kingdom. That each and every one of us can be a light to all those around us. So Father, I ask that that we glean 
from these four people this morning that we talked about. But that each one of us would even start reading more of these stories and gleaning all of the the great principles to stand on so that we can walk in freedom, so that we can bring freedom to those around us. So Father, as we go this morning, we all declare we are going to make a difference. That we are going to make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget, there's going to be some snacks in the hospitality room. If there's anybody needing prayer...